Hey, this is Mike with episode 16 of Getting Everyone Moving, brought to you by Palms of Pines Parasports. Today, we have a special guest, my friend, Andrew Skinner, the founder and director of Triumph Foundation. Hey, Andrew. What's up, Michael? Great to be with you. Hey, yeah, it's good to see you. So tell us, uh, I mean, how did you get started with adaptive sports? Well, I uh, suffered a spinal cord injury in 2004, so um, 16 years ago. And after I got hurt, you know, it took me a little while just to kind of find myself as far as uh, uh, just finding an identity and looking at myself in the mirror and being okay with what I saw uh, and uh, regain strength just to do normal activities of daily living. Uh, but about two or three years after my injury, and I know that is actually in some respects a long time, but I was turned on to coming out to ride a hand cycle and uh, get my first taste of sports. And it was just a huge confidence builder in me. Um, it made me forget about my limitations. Uh, it just felt great to have the wind blowing through my hair. And the best part I think um, was I wasn't being coddled. Um, I was out there um, kicking butt and taking names and and just really having a blast. So sports have been a big part of my life. Uh, I was the sport kid is what my dad called me. And I thought when I first suffered a spinal cord injury that that um, wasn't going to be part of, you know, my future. And I'm so glad that I was wrong, absolutely wrong. And sports play a tremendous part of my life uh, to this day. So what kind, you know, I mean, every time I've seen you, you're smiling and happy. And I mean, you just have that kind of persona about you, which is great. But what, who, who gave you, who in your life gave you a lot of support, you know, to, I mean, help you get to where you are? I mean, I understand you have a lot of internal kind of fortitude and you push, but who was there to help you? Oh boy, that's a tough question because there's so many. I think, um, you know, number one is my faith. Uh, you know, I'm a Christian man. And so me having a, a sense of purpose in my life, that's um, beyond my personal control that God has his hand on me. And uh, that gives me hope. Uh, number two, I would say, you know, I have a wonderful woman in my life and uh, she just motivates me and inspires me to be the best man that I could possibly be every single day. And I'm very, very lucky. Uh, I'm definitely married up. <laughs> yeah, I think all men do. And then number three, I would say, you know, um, my, my family, um, my mom and dad have been there for me every day um, throughout this um, process of healing after my spinal cord injury. But really, even before that, I just grew up in a wonderful household. And uh, my dad was there for me, especially in the beginning as a punching bag some days when I needed him. Uh, he took, you know, some of the brunt of my frustration and anger and loved me through it and uh, was patient with me. And that's huge. And, and, um, and my wife, like I said, Kirsten and I, she's um, um, been a rock for me too. Um, just uh, keeping me looking on the bright side, you know, as much as uh, the grass could always be greener, it could always be a heck of a lot worse. And uh, I think in the beginning, you know, um, it was kind of fake it till you make it. And so putting a, wearing a smile every day uh, was kind of forced on me, um, but it's um, contagious. And when you smile, other people smile back and that makes you feel good and, and it makes them feel good and um, just brings positive energy. You know, I mean, obviously it wasn't easy kind of uh, 
you know, getting back into life. Um, I know that one of the things that you do uh, at Triumph Foundation is you actually go and visit newly injured people and you also do a number of support groups. Can you talk about both those things and, and what do you say to newly injured people? Yeah, well, you know, that's really where my heart is at. Um, with Triumph Foundation, you know, we kind of have a circle of carers, how we describe it. And the heart, the cornerstone of all of it is the newly injured support. Uh, that's what drives me. That's where my passion is. And, you know, when people are first injured, uh, you know, they're in despair. Uh, they don't know what the future might hold for them. And so uh, just bringing a message of hope that there is a life worth living, that there is joy that can be found again, and that they will get stronger and that they will um, find themselves again. They might have to reinvent who they once were, um, but at the end of the day, oftentimes this um, injury, a disability, uh, makes you a better human being. It makes you a better man, a better woman. Um, and just trying to give them that encouragement um, that there is a, a hope on the horizon and every single person, you know, you have a different um, angle, I guess, uh, uh, you know, something that you might say to encourage them. Uh, but to be honest, I think what really is the best thing you can do is just listen. Um, you know, a lot of my job is maybe not me sharing my story, but hearing theirs and um, relating to it and uh, just trying to offer little bits of advice here and there and just letting them know that they can call you. Um, you know, they're having those moments of depression and anger and frustration that there's somebody else who's gone through that too. And I think that is um, really what builds the social fabric of all of us is that um, we're all kind of part of this together. You said something interesting just now. You said it makes you or can make you a better person. I mean, what do you mean by that? Well, I think it, teaches you not to sweat the small stuff when you live with a disability or if you, you know, suffer a catastrophic injury, how quickly things can change. And, you know, I know before I got her, uh, getting in bad traffic on the way into the office would get me in a bad mood and make me a sourpuss. And now after dealing with the real tragedy in my life, um, you recognize uh, that <laughs> traffic is nothing. Um, you know, talk about being paralyzed, um, talk about having um, some sort of health condition, talk about having losing somebody that you love. Uh, there's so many different life-changing challenges um, that can seem insurmountable um, that, you know, the little things don't matter as much. And so uh, I guess that would probably be my best way to answer that is uh, makes you a better human being because you realize what's really important in life. Um, it's uh, people, it's relationships. Um, it's not necessarily what you have. It's, you know, um, who you have in your life and what you do with your days that really matter and count. Mm, that's wonderful. That's really beautiful. Why, Andrew, why, why did you decide to do, uh, to found Triumph Foundation? <laughs> well, um, I started Triumph Foundation first and foremost, after I got hurt, I was, you know, I did, I talked about a few of the people that were, you know, really important in my journey. Um, but I left an important, um, people, a number of group out is, uh, people had gotten hurt before me. 
um, they were the ones that came and mentored me and um, kind of discipled me and showed me how to, you know, puzzle my shattered life back together. And, and I always felt kind of compelled and, and um, called to pay that forward and to help others, you know, in the same way that they helped me. And, and so that was always on my heart from day one. And then um, the reason I left is, uh, you know, in 2008, um, for those that are around that, that time, the economy uh, hit a pretty bad, um, took a nosedive. And so I found myself out of work <laughs> and I was out of work and I was looking for um, something to do, uh, not necessarily as a job, but I felt like, you know, this was my chance to really pay that forward and get more involved with my uh, community of people with disabilities and, and started to um, engage on a more regular uh, basis and saw that there were a lot of unmet health needs. And uh, after I'd come home every night and complain at the dinner table about they should be doing this and why don't they do that? And why aren't there all these programs? Uh, my family got tired of hearing about it. And they said, Andrew, why don't you do something about it? And so I started trying foundation not really ever imagining it was going to be something more than once in a while I would do some fun stuff when I could um, to kind of creating this um, powerful force in the Southern California community. Um, people with all abilities and um, uh, it's really fun. It's been an awesome ride. Um, you know, I was the instigator, but I certainly get a lot of credit for amazing things that our ambassadors and volunteers and just wonderful supporters do to help make Triumph Foundation possible. And, and I just encourage other people, um, uh, Michael, we've talked about this, is that you can do it too. Um, I don't have some secret sauce or some superhuman strength or some daddy Warbucks that's writing checks for me that pays for everything. I'm just a regular dude that had a heart to serve and just wanted to get out there and make it happen. And somehow, some way I kept my heart in the right place and we've made it happen. And so if there's anybody listening out there, you can do it too. And I'm here to help you if you want some advice. When you say people of all abilities, what, what do you mean by that? Well, I, you know, we talked about the circle of care earlier. And so the heart is the newly injured support. And then we help people with grants and equipment, getting the things that they need to kind of get out of the hospital, get out in the community to, um, you know, exist. And then, um, the sports and rec, which is obviously huge in our lives, right, Michael, uh, but uh, an important piece is uh, building an inclusive community. And so our goal is not just to help people with disabilities, but help them truly reintegrate back into society. And um, uh, we believe that they have um, something to contribute. And it's not just the person who gets hurt that's impacted by this, it's their friends and family and and sometimes they're suffering right alongside that person who gets injured or lives with a disability. And, and they're sometimes uh, not given the um, attention and um, compassion uh, that they deserve and need. Um, and so we try to bring them into the fold. And then last but not least is just every single citizen that's out there. Um, you know, we're all part of um, you know, the society that we live in. Um, we're all part of this, um, you know, American melting pot. And, uh, and we want to give everybody of all abilities, doesn't matter if you um, are Arnold Schwarzenegger, Iron Man, tough guy, 
uh, or if you are a you know quadriplegic that's not able to move your arms, um, we still feel like you both are powerful and have something that's worthy of sharing and um, have some common ground that we can all you know um, meet each other at and have fun and um, enjoy life and um, live it to its fullest. And that's kind of what we're all about. And so a big part of building that inclusive community goes back to our sports and rec events, because that's where we often are uh, really blurring those lines between uh, who's the challenge athlete and who's not. Because uh, when you come out to ours, uh, our, I think yours too, Michael, um, it's, it's not just the person who has a disability or a mobility impairment in games. We're putting everybody's butts in chairs and they're all going to go play basketball. They're all going to play rugby. They're all going to ride bikes. They're all going to do whatever sport it is together. And at the end of the day, sometimes the only way you know the able bodies is because they're the ones that are whooped and their arms are about to fall off and they're not used to pushing themselves in the ways that uh, we're challenging them to do. So uh, we real challenge athletes at the end of the day or the weekend. So <laughs> kind of fun. So at the, as part of the, uh, you know, inauguration that just occurred, I saw some wheelchair basketball players, which was amazing. So what, what are some of the things that, you know, you might say to the new administration about, you know, how do we create, you know, a more inclusive society? I mean, you gave some good examples, but what do you, what do you see us kind of doing, you know, in building this movement and bringing more people together to remove barriers? Uh, you know, it's, it's a tough question to answer right now. I think, uh, you know, in today's society, you know, the temperature has gotten so hot and people are all at, you know, odds with one another. And I think a lot of it is what you see in the media. It doesn't represent the reality that I live in. Um, when I go out in the community, I'm always treated with respect. Um, I live in a, a very diverse community and everybody gets along. Um, and, you know, sometimes I think, you know, the sensationalism that you see in today's world uh, is driven by clickbait and stuff like that. And I think a lot of us just need to turn it off and uh, look at people for who they are um, rather than, you know, what they might represent and stop trying to break us down into little groups. You know, we are all kind of part of this one, you know, experiment we call America and uh, you know, we're all working to be better. And so uh, I, I'm really big on employment. And so if I could say one thing for, um, you know, the Biden administration and, and just politics in general, something I'm passionate about, is uh, giving people opportunities to uh, contribute their talents. And uh, a lot of people, you know, are full of ambition. And one of the most common questions that I get asked is, um, you know, transitioning from being uh, on some sort of, you know, assistance programs, whether it be Medicare or Medi-Cal or um, some sort of, you know, um, uh, community support, uh, to working full-time and to um, uh, losing that safety net is often very, very scary. And so trying to educate people is a big passion of ours and helping people to, um, you know, understand what their rights are and, um, uh, and, and then maybe making some of those um, safety nets so they don't just suddenly vanish, um, but uh, allowing people to uh, experiment with getting back out into the workforce 
and becoming employed and um, finding something that they're passionate about that can not only pay their bills, but uh, fulfill their hearts and souls. And, and, um, and again, contributing to the community at large. You're, now, you have a daughter who, uh, you know, I've seen at a number of events, nice smile like yours on your wife. How, how does she kind of introduce you to her friends and what does she say about you? Hmm, that's an interesting question. Um, you know, my daughter was born after I uh, suffered my spinal cord injury. So I, um, you know, she's only known her dad one way. Um, and her dad is a wheelchair user. I don't think she ever uses the word uh, disability. I, you know, I know that she knows that I have a disability, um, but I don't think she would ever say, you know, my daddy has a disability. She'd say my daddy uses a wheelchair to get around. Um, and uh, she's never been um, ashamed. Um, in fact, it probably is something that maybe stands out as something cool in some respects because she gets to jump on my lap and go for a ride. And, and um, you know, there are some silver linings in the dark clouds as far as I do get some special treatment from uh, handicapped parking to um, special seats at events to just people acknowledging me. Um, and I think some people uh, don't like the acknowledgement and for some reason as far as being unique and being different. And I get it, uh, being special is not always good. Uh, but, uh, I do feel like you got to own it at a certain point in your life. And this is who I am. And so when I roll into a room, I'm going to look people in the eyes. I know that I'm different. I know that I'm going to attract attention and, uh, you know, I'm going to absorb it and love it and try to radiate it back to the other people. And, um, you know, like you said, Michael, I try to lighten the room up and, uh, it's really a gift. You know, I tell a lot of people when they're new to this world, you know, you've got two paths. If you um, are a mean, angry son of a bitch, no one's going to want to be around you. You know, if you're pissed off all the time, you're going to push people away. If somehow you find a way to wear a smile and to have some joy and to look people in the eyes, uh, they're going to want to know what you have, you know, um, what's that spark and they're going to be attracted to it and be drawn to it. And it's going to be um, kind of a gift to speak truth into other people's lives because um, everybody goes through life-changing challenges. Um, you know, sometimes it's not what happens to you, but what you do about it. And so, you know, uh, everybody can relate. You know, mine just happens to be very physical and very visible. Um, but there are far worse things that can happen to people um, from childhood experiences to uh, diseases, to cancer, to all sorts of traumas um, that everybody goes through. And um, like I said, you know, it's not um, what happens to you, but what you do about it and um, being around other people that you can find some, um, you know, hope from um, some encouragement from to be like, you know what, I can do this um, is really, you know, helpful. And at least for me, you know, 2020 was a really difficult year, of course. And, you know, 2021 may be somewhat difficult as well. Um, but I know during the year you were able to get some office space, which is terrific. Um, you know, you're able to continue visiting people and hospitals. Um, where would you hope to see Triumph Foundation in, say, 
you know, five or 10 years. Um, and also, you know, where, where is this kind of movement going over the next 10 years? I mean, how are things gonna be different? What do you, Andrew, envision as happening? Well, that's an interesting question. So, you know, our goal is to take over the world, right? <laughs> uh, we want to we wanna be everywhere and do everything um, for everybody. Uh, so, you know, Triumph, um, you know, we uh, were able to uh, rent um, a warehouse, a headquarters space. So we are no longer operating off my kitchen table. Um, <laughs> That's, that's a pretty big milestone for us. You know, we've been at it for 12 years, uh, but we've been very strategic in our growth and tried not to get ahead of ourselves. And so, you know, like I said, as far as funding goes, you know, we um, don't have a daddy Warbucks. We're just making it happen and, um, and saving our, uh, our nickels and dimes. And so getting a warehouse is a big step for us, but um, in a bigger capacity, you know, the big dream would always been, to have some sort of uh, sports complex that included a basketball court, that included racquetball courts, that included a gymnasium, that included some sort of office space and lecture halls where we could do classes and teach, um, some place where we could run those support groups and maybe do some job training. And then really, uh, if I had to escalate that, um, the big dream would be to have some sort of housing component that's uh, the toughest question we always get asked is where do I go? Um, you know, a lot of people out there can't afford housing right now. Um, there is no such thing as really affordable, accessible housing. And, and I don't know if it would be permanent or um, temporary, but something along those lines that would help fill in some of those gaps for folks. You know, I see a lot of these senior living center type things and they have, you know, housing and they have um, the rec centers. And so, that kind of model would be awesome for um, folks with disabilities. Um, so that would be a dream of mine. Um, you know, something else that, you know, we talked about was just uh, trying to replicate what we've got going on in Southern California. I know there's a lot of people um, that are, you know, across this country that um, would love to live out here because they don't have the opportunities. And if there was some way that we could take whatever we've created out here and bring it to more places um, you know, throughout the Western region and throughout the United States as a whole um, to get more people active and um, giving them opportunities to push the limits of their ability and to live life to its fullest and just to bring people together. And so, you know, it's kind of competing, competing visions there as far as we're going to go on the road and um, we're going to build a massive complex here, uh, but maybe I can figure out a way to have both and we'll have massive complexes and every major city and state across the country. That would be pretty cool. Um, so we got big dreams, Michael. We're working well, at it. We have to. So, so sports is, um, I mean, I see sports as kind of an entree point to, you know, living a full life. And when you talk about, um, you know, having a housing component, but also the job training, I think that's really important. Yeah, you know, people want to have, a feeling of self-worth and, um, you know, people tend to isolate themselves, especially when they're um, feeling low or depressed or don't like what they see in the mirror, like I talked about earlier, um, you know, and, and that's my big fear because it's a vicious cycle. Um, you know, I serve uh, the paralysis community, uh, but our joke is sometimes it's 
not the physical paralysis, it's the paralysis of analysis. And they're always contemplating on, well, what if this and what if that? And they're so worried about things. Um, but if they just tried and showed up, they'd have an awesome time and it would change their life. And a lot of times it's the, the first time, you just gotta get them there that first time. And once they get out, uh, then they realize, wow, this is amazing. I can have fun again after uh, my disability, or I can, um, you know, find some friends that I can relate with. I can um, do more than I thought. And, and a lot of people that may not even be athletes may just be like, you know what, I found some awesome people I just like hanging out with. And so sports are a great way to get people together doing fun stuff. We run a lot of support groups and um, they, you know, the really the sports programs kind of started by, you know, people in these support groups would say, you know, this is cool, but wouldn't it be better? Wouldn't it be more fun if we all went and played basketball? Wouldn't it be more, wouldn't it be cool if we went and, you know, went to the skate park? Wouldn't it be cool if, you know, you fill in the blank and we are like, well, let's go do it. What's going on this weekend? Let's go make it happen. And so that's kind of how our sports program got started in the first place. And, uh, you know, people sometimes think support groups are moan and groan sessions, but uh, they hear a chance that they're going to get to go um, play hockey or, um, you know, uh, do some other sort of activity. Sometimes the, um, you know, the resistance is, is less and, you know, we're able to get them out. Um, so Andrew, we're coming towards the end of our podcast today. Um, what parting words would you leave for, you know, just people in general uh, about how we can kind of work more together, you know, to kind of make more of these dreams come true? Uh, I think, uh, you know, for me, a lot of it is I don't have an ego. <laughs> uh, it's not about me. Um, you know, I have a heart to serve and I just want to help people. And so I'm just laser focused on, you know, the, my, my core is the new injuries. That's really where triumph is mostly focused at. Um, but finding that one thing that, you know, really drives you, and I don't care who gets the credit. I just want to see lives being changed. And so, you know, um, Triumph's a melting pot of everybody and all the organizations. And so we do a lot of promotion of other people's stuff. Um, and we um, aren't really too worried about uh, what we'll do, especially in this time of uncertainty, um, because we know why we do it. And that is Thing that really keeps us going and going strong is uh, we're just focused on, you know, helping people. Um, and I think whatever life path you're on, whatever career you're on, you know, if you're always just trying to fill other people's needs and bringing people together and solve problems, um, that kind of ethic uh, will translate um, and, and apply to just about any, you know, career that you're on. And so, um, I hope that this year will be a year of uh, bringing it, people together, the year of the comeback, the year of um, unity and, and, um, and fun. I mean, there's so much uh, that I was taught in 2020. Um, I really was uh, feeling exhausted, to be perfectly honest. Uh, 2019 was an incredible year, uh, but looking at 2020 and the beginning of the year going, here we go again, I got a lot of stuff coming up, and then to have all that suddenly uh, taken away from me um, just made me realize how much more I wanted it. And so I'm uh, just eager to get out and play and um, to see people 
and thank God we have technology like this, Michael, so that we can at least talk and uh, share these stories and hopefully connect with some of your listeners and people that are watching this video right now, um, that you have people that care about you and uh, we wanna get to know you and we hope that you'll reach out and connect with um, you know, Triumph, to get connected with uh, Michael and uh, just get connected with all the different awesome programs that are out there um, because uh, you are not alone and you are not reinventing the wheel and um, we're all in this together. Andrew, it's been such a joy uh, to finally pin you down and get you on one of these interviews. <laughs> I'm happy to do it. I love it. And I apologize. I know uh, I try yeah. to make myself available, um, but I'm always happy to do this. And yeah. if anybody wants to get a hold of me, you know, it's triumphfoundation.org. Uh, the number on the website is my cell phone number. I'm not that hard to get a hold of, but uh, uh, Michael, we'll do this again. Okay. Thanks again, Andrew.